we are back with episode 859 of The Critical Myth. I'm John Nicholson. Tonight we have... Oh, jeez, I am still here. Hi, it's uh, Gary from Jacksonville. I wasn't sure, so... <laughs> yeah, when half the universe disappeared, we didn't lose half our remaining co-hosts. There you go. Although, Bronstone and Edmund. Oh. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Wait. Wrong. Wrong. Wrong movie. Um. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you want to hear our th- our comments on uh, Infinity War, that would be last episode. Um. This episode, we're going to talk about the other things that we've seen in the last uh, two and a half weeks or so, and then some of the shows that we've watched in that time. So before we do any of that. Gary, if you don't mind giving a disclaimer of some kind. Ah, yes. As we're discussing various movies, comic books, television series, and um, anything else that happens our way, um, we choose to dive into it, and we won't hold back. So that means revealing um, endings, beginnings, lives, and deaths. Uh, we don't do this for shock value, merely to uh, you know give a good discussion on the topics that we're covering. So if you come here, start to hear something that you don't care to know about, put us on pause for a little while till you catch up, and then um, plow back into our brilliant commentary. That's right. And we're, we're probably going to do things a little bit differently because actually there, for some shows, I would love to have Edmund's commentary and unfortunately he didn't have a chance to put it in quite yet. So Fair we're kind of like jump around a little bit. Maybe not do all the, all the shows for episodic discussion. Come on. It's a new era now that, you know, we've gone through the infinity war. All right. So, uh, yeah. Okay. That was the movie that we saw in the last couple of weeks. Huh. Um, how about other TV, Gary, you still watching fringe? I sure am. I've 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 made I've broken the boundary through season two at this point, and I'm still going strong. And just for our obligatory Babylon Five reference, uh, one of the observers was uh, Peter Woodward. So I was like, Hey, I know that bald guy. Uh, so uh, so uh, that that was nice to see. Um, things are coming along well. We've uh, had multiple droppings and. Well, I already gave the spoiler warning on the show is, geez, a dozen years old. So uh, I feel all covered. Um, you know, they're giving more and more teases that the uh, that uh, Peter is from the other universe. And start, they're starting to lay it on a little thick at this point in case you're stupid or slow. Um, we've gotten now to see several observers, not just one. Um, we've um, we know um, that uh, we know all about the other Earth, about uh, William Bell being uh, Leonard Nimoy. Uh, we know uh, we had an odd, um, somewhat uncomfortable kiss between Nina Sharp and uh, Broyles, uh, which I'm still scratching my head over. <laughs> um, we um, let's see, we've met um, a uh, 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 let's see, a former lover, I guess, I guess to some extent, of um, Walters. Um, we've um, We've seen uh, a kid brain-controlling people. We've seen um, people changing into different things. And um, it's – it's. Uh, I guess this is right about where they're making the shift. And don't tell me if I'm wrong because I don't want to know. Uh, whether they are going to start focusing maybe on the observers more as well as the whole uh, alternate world theory. And we might get away in slightly more from the uh, Creature of the Week format. They have been pulling away more from it somewhat where it feels like starting to feel more of the B story than the A story, but they're still there. So um, that I'm still anxious to see. Um, I think everything's uh, going along very well. Um, I'm definitely uh, sh- shipping Peter and Olivia at this point, as I think everyone should by this part of the second season. And um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, and I'm still still upset about Agent Francis. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, getting, I'm getting through it, and uh, it's only been a few, you know, a few episodes for me now, but um, uh, I share Olivia's pain over it, and I'm looking forward to that. And I still love the crazy little uh, otherworldly scenes that Olivia keeps seeming to um, blink back and forth between. So we'll have to see. And I still don't know who, what the heck that guy in that um, bowling bowling alley 
you're supposed to do for her, but I'm sure it's important. Mm-hmm. And that's where I am right now in my French rewatch. <laughs> yeah, just keep going. Yeah, I'm going. All you're doing is like hitting everybody's nostalgia notes when it comes to Fringe, uh, because now I'm thinking back and wistfully good memories of that show. Um, yeah, those who have. Oh wait! Oh, I have one last thing. I was looking at the Observer's Notebook with his with his characters and the little dots, and I know they're linked to those pictures somehow, and I don't want to Google it to find out because I want to figure it out myself. (laughs) But I know I'm still going to end up having to Google it. But I see there's dots around the characters, just like there's dots around the pictures, and I know. Geez, don't tell me. I don't want to know, but I'm just I'm just guessing at this point. I'm I'm not telling you. Okay. Okay, good. But yeah, so anyway, um, I'm still still enjoying it greatly. Yes. And jeez, I'd recommend to other people. I'm not saying Fringe, but you know, there must have been a show somewhere along the lines that you missed, that you just didn't get into or you got into real late. Um, you know, in this modern age of pretty much finding having anything at your fingertips, seasons worth for minimal to zero cost, given what you know op- entertainment packages you might have, um, you know, don't be afraid to pick it up. Especially as we uh, close in on the summer, and while we do have some new shows, it's never the volume that uh, the uh, you know the spring is. So um, go ahead and uh, pick those up. I would say um, you know give those sh- give those a shot again if you missed missed them the first time because life got in the way or something like that. I know um, I'm extremely enjoying my fringe rewatch as I knew one day I would. <laughs> I've, mm. If we go back maybe four or five hundred episodes, um, I'll say I'll get back to it one day. I promise. So I, I'm keeping my promise. So. See, see, even our show with all these episodes has subplots that eventually do pay off. Just long game. Yeah, play the long game. Um, speaking of binging shows, I mean, that it now is as good a time as any to kind of bring it up, but, um, we've mentioned, uh, last time that we did episodic discussion that like the list is getting pretty long here as we get into the end of the spring and we have a lot of shows starting up. We have shows that are coming back. We have shows that are at the end of their season and it is just getting completely unacceptable <laughs> because there's way Wait a minute, John. Are you telling me there's more shows than you can watch? Absolutely. Is that what, is that, I remember us praying for days like this. Right. <laughs> We when were. will they give us good content that we uh, we can watch? And yeah, we've got more than enough to like sustain us now. And there's even shows that I would say that are like um, maybe not great, but at least have some potential that are just falling off the list because there's just too much out there. Uh, I find that like right now I'm focusing a lot on certain prestige, what I call or think of as like my my regulars and then my prestige shows like The Expanse or something like that, where it's shows that I feel like I have to watch within 24 hours. Uh, I say within 24 hours because I don't necessarily watch the network copy of The Expanse because the video-on-demand one is so much better. What's different about it? (laughs) Language. Okay. Um, They can actually say what the characters would normally say from the books. So, especially of Asarala. So, yeah. Okay, so... She has a a pretty dirty mouth. Would you say you... Would you recommend for people to watch that version? Is that what you're, yes, is it a personal absolutely. thing or you just, you actually think it's a definitely a better, I think that it's a more true representation. Okay. Um, I think you get a better sense of the characters when they're actually speaking their mind. Um, I think that's also true for the magicians. If you watch the regular network uh, version of the magicians, and then you watch the video on demand version, the characters are almost completely different because they can speak more freely. Um, it's interesting that sci-fi is doing that. Um, you would think that they would play it safe, but they do in a certain sense in that they have their network version and then they have the uncensored version or the unrated version, if you will. Well, don't forget too, it is marketed to other countries that don't have quite uh, as restrictive, uh, 
uh, language guidelines. So. But not to get too off uh, off topic, yes. I think that right now um, there is just uh, – we have more than enough material out there. And so there are a lot of shows that I would have considered to be like, oh, I've got to try to find a way to fit this in. Um, life just isn't in that in that place right now where I am I'm doing that. Um, there's other things and other priorities as we all find ourselves uh, kind of um, – falling into um you know and and i would say even that many of us these days start thinking okay what shows do i watch as they spool out and which ones do i just let pile up and then binge watch because it's a thing now it's something you can do so right now i'm thinking shows like jessica jones as much as i liked the beginning of that second season i just didn't get to it i'm not going to get to it till the summer lost in space looks like fun just don't have time for it right now uh Shows that have returned, Fear the Walking Dead, The Originals, Into the Badlands, The 100, Colony, all shows that I have at least a, a bit, a, like some interest in, but they're not like the top tier shows that I really feel like tuning into every single week. Um, so they're going to just be on the back burner for now. So if you're wondering why we're not talking about those, that's why. Uh, it's something that I said many months ago that would probably happen. Um, and then the, the, the kind of schedule kind of happened to fall in such a way that we never had more than a dozen shows a week for a, for a long time. Now we're up to like close to 20 again. Not going to happen. Um, there are some nights where I can't even get to, 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 to anything, let alone try to pull in, you know, 18, 19, 20 episodes of a show of, of shows. No, it's just not something that I can pull off right now. So yeah, actually what that does mean is that, um, as Gary, you just said, the summer actually is starting to become a little sparse again. And that being the case, it's a perfect time to catch up with things. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my list together, and then uh, once a lot of these shows go off the air again, I'm going to pick these uh, other shows back up. I'm going to let them go ahead and accumulate on my DVR, and then just hit play. Or a lot of these shows, like Jessica Jones, Lost in Space, they're all on uh, Netflix, right? So there you go. Easy enough to do. Uh, other shows, like, hey, that, that opens up the door for show, uh, things like The Handmaid's Tale when it comes back, or, uh, you know, like I said, The Expanse. Um, the Americans, it's the last season. I want to kind of watch that. Plus, Edmund's watching it, so I want to kind of keep up with his comments. But there's, you know, uh, things like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This could be the final season, and they're knocking it out of the park. I'm going to want to watch that. Uh, so, Legion. <laughs> I just, yeah, that's show I have to watch every single week. Uh, the, the Expanse, as I said. Um, so there are other shows where it's like, it's more of a community type thing, but there are other shows where it's like, no, I really can't wait to watch an entire season of The Expanse. It's just not going to happen. Um, so how about you, Gary? Are you going to save anything up for the summer? Or? Yeah, I'm uh, sure a few of the shows you are. Uh, Jessica Jones, I just don't seem to have the time in my day. And Lost in Space, I always like ship science fiction kind of stuff. And I'm curious about the um, about the uh, recasting of Dr. Smith. Um I'm curious about how the robot's going to work out this time, and I guess I care about the people too. <laughs> the Robinsons do, so um, so I, I'm I'm curious to see their take on it, how much they diverge off the original. Um, that um, actually, there's been a few movies that have popped up in the theaters that are now out of the theaters that I wasn't able to see either. Like, um, was it Red Sparrow? I think it was. Um, that I want to uh, try and catch up on as the summer comes out and they, uh, you know, they make it to, um, you know, to uh, home release. So, um, so yeah, so there's uh, definitely a uh, sort of a backlog of uh, both TV and movies that I'll be uh, catching up on probably in the next month or so. Yeah. Speaking of movies, I mean, right now what we have, we just talked about infinity war, but we have in the next couple of weeks, we have uh, Deadpool two followed by solo. So those mm. are two big ones that like, I know that most people are going to try and go out and see. 
And then, like you said, what other movies like I didn't get to see yet this spring that are going to come out in the summer? Red Sparrow, you mentioned. I want to see that. Ready Player One, never got a chance to see. Uh, the new Tomb Raider, I heard actually good things about. I, I oh, I, oh yeah, I, I did see it. It was very good. Yeah, see, there you go. I um, like yeah. Even the Pacific Rim sequel, which I know wasn't exactly <laughs> People didn't say a lot of great things about, but I still want to see it. Okay. Um, all these things that all came out in March, and it just was like piled up one on top of the other. It was a little surprising for the the number of things that can, new, you know, big new bigger projects that came out in that time frame. I just yeah, straight thought. And all of it was overshadowed by Black Panther, so it was kind of like crazy how things worked out. But that just means that there's all these movies that are going to hit right around the summer, and that's really a good time for it. Um, but yeah, after Solo, we're going to have what we've got Ant Man and Wasp out there in July. Um, we've got. Uh, a couple other things. I think Venom is later in the year, but um, there's a whole bunch still coming out. And uh, yeah, we're not going to run out of things to watch as far as movies are concerned, but all these shows like that are currently out, there's got to just be, you know, something's got to break somewhere. And it just also putting those on the back burner opens up more time for other things like reading. Um, I'm finally caught up with my comics. So that's something that I'm enjoying now. I filed today. I feel your, (laughs) there you go. And um, let's see, just, yeah, just other things that are going on that, you know, kind of take priority. But uh, just so that people know, I mean, that's uh, something that we said would probably happen, and that's exactly what is happening. Um, And it'll just kind of balance things out throughout the the summer and throughout the year. So as far as reading is concerned, um, oddly enough, um, I read uh, the last book of a trilogy set in the Assassin's Creed continuity called uh, last descendants fate of the gods it was a nice it's despite being um a ya book i felt that it sometimes hit on more mature themes than the actual like regular uh novels set in that universe did and so it was a nice way to wrap things up um, well i think ya ya's get a bad rap in general you know mm. just because they keep out a little uh you know a little bit of the language and maybe some overt sexuality it gets labeled as a ya when uh, many of the stories are excellent wealth well-written laid out storylines that are that are interesting Mm-hmm. I think also it's just the, the the only reason that it kind of falls in that category is because that they make the the quote unquote protagonists teenagers, and really though their adventures have a tendency to be more in- affecting at this point. Uh, caught up on some manga that recently came out. The uh, volume twenty four of Attack on Titan came out, and boy, are they really revealing some of the backstory here, and it's uh, yeah pretty eye opening to say the least as they kind of draw to a conclusion. I think there's only a, a few volumes left before it's all over. So that's interesting. Oh, it uh, does have a finite end? Oh, yeah, it has a finite end. It's, it's oh. supposed to be, um, I think the final chapter will be released this October. And then shortly thereafter, the final volume collection will come out. So I think they're going to maybe get to volume 27, 28, somewhere around there, and that's it. So they're close to the ending. Uh, Tokyo Ghoul has the, the, the sequel series re uh, read volume four. I still have the same problem with that. I like the story. I like the ideas. I like the characters. There's so many characters that you can't keep track half the time. And the action is really hard to follow. Um, it's kind of unfortunate because it does have some pretty charming uh, and interesting horror aspects to it and, and some symbolism involved in it, but it almost gets lost in all this, like just, I want to say noise. There's just a lot going on and it's very hard to keep track of. Um, since then I've, I've started. And when I say started, I mean, in like page 20 of, um, I don't know about you, Gary, if you know this or not, but pocket books is kind of taken a pause with the publication of new star Trek books. Yes. Yes. yes I have. 2018 yes. will be known as the, as the darkest timeline for star Trek novel readers. 
Um, yeah, whatever reasons that they give, negotiations, licensing, contracts, blah, blah, blah. They basically put a pause on, all, on almost all new Star Trek books. There's just a, a dribbling of basically discovery-related books that are, that are coming out this year, maybe one or two others, and that's it. So I'm kind of, I've been letting my backlog kind of pile up so that I can just kind of get through this long, dark patch. Um, so I finally oh. went back to a Star Trek book, and it's a DS9 uh, continuation book called The Long Barrage. Okay, I I read the first seven or eight, and the, they were I enjoyed the way they advanced the storyline, but I wasn't always thrilled with the books. Was this one any better? Um, so far, it's it's a typical David George third book, in that the beginning is a lot of recapping that is almost incomprehensible if you don't remember reading the previous book. Um, my biggest problem with the DS9 books is that straight through Unity, that first like big concluding yes. season, what was that? Was considered season eight, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that all kind of was one long arc that all made sense, and it was actually kept kind of tight continuity. Yeah. Everything since then has kind of gone a little all over the map. Kind of like the original Star Trek books when they started coming yep. out. They don't really... Uh... Well, it's supposedly an ongoing story, but it kind of has meandered. And, there's, and I think it's because they don't get released on nearly as regular a basis anymore. Um, it's not like it used to be where every month you would get like one of each major line. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you could keep the story going very fast. Um, so it's really hard to keep track when it's like been months, if not a, over a year, since you read the previous novel. And there's all these details that they have to remind you of. And it's almost like trying to translate again what's going on. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit frustrating, but... Um, I'll see how easy it is to get in. As I said, I'm on page 20, so it's literally still recap. And I find that David George the third's books, the first oh, third or so, is a bit dry as it sets mm-hmm. up, and then finally things start to get interesting, so it might take me a little while to get into this one. It uh, looks like you've been reading a Star Trek book, as I recall you brought this up before, though. Oh, did I? Yeah, I finally I finished Drastic Measures. I don't remember if I had finished it before, but yeah, so no, I got I through it. I started it last time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I finished getting through it, and I said to myself, gosh, I wish that was a flashback episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I really felt they did a very good job capturing um, uh, both Philippa and Lorca very well. And um, I was, uh, like I said, I was almost sad that it was in um, book format and not some sort of flashback history episode <laughs> that we uh, would get to see see them back then. Um, I've seen some of these uh, these um books written out as these planet disaster types and uh they usually fail for me at least to, for me capturing the sense of the environment but um the writer did a uh dayton ward did a very good job on um on really uh world building enough for uh, for us and also um uh, tying it into um original star trek which uh was uh, something that even though they were saying the name and it sounded familiar i didn't i didn't quite remember it until they slapped me in the face with it so um yeah. But, but yeah you know this the planet that they were having an issue with was something that um was mentioned with um with um Captain Kirk, um, that he had survived the Cestus Five massacre, and that's what this story involves. So kudos to him for pulling up what I would consider to be an obscure uh, fact and tying it in. And uh, we even get a, uh, a little bit of a uh, cameo appearance by uh, young Mister Kirk. So um, that was um, unexpected and nice, and not really needed. Um, but they did it so well, I won't complain that it was just uh, that it was TOS flag waving because. I didn't feel it was. They just thought they did it really well. So I was happy for that. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, that's the, that's, that's the only book I've read at the moment, John. I haven't been quite as prolific as you. Did you remember to uh, read to the complete end of the novel? 
Yeah, I thought I had read it to the complete end of the book. Ah, check again, because past the acknowledgement and about the author, there is a secret scene. Oh, jeez, okay. Yes, and it's a very revealing scene. Oh, jeez. Oh. I will go back if it's not standing out, then I must have missed it. Okay, back to my ah, back it, to my my reader I go. <laughs> yes, it answers a a very interesting question that uh, I think we were all asking, which is, uh, boy, um, based on the way that season one of Discovery went, which Lorca are we talking about? Oh, mm. I will go back then. Okay, sir. Yes. Thing. So yes, noted. I, I I was surprised because I actually would have missed it myself, except for I happened to pick the book up and, yeah, just in, in a certain way that opened to the very last page, and I noticed there there was something back there. Hmm. Yeah, it's like an end credit scene. They're doing it in books now. No, oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no problem. Stay till the end of the book. I got That's you. That's it. Okay. Stay to the very last page of the book. Um. All right, we're going to shift gears then over to episodic discussion. And as I said, we're going to skip around a little bit because I want to get some comments from Edmund um, on some of these shows. Uh, so for that reason, I am not going to get into The Expanse. I want to talk with him. Oh, good. I want to catch up anyway. Good. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah please do. Um, I will. I will. It's, 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 uh, remember our comments about how, the, how Infinity War just kind of starts off with a bang and just keeps going? Yeah. That's The Expanse this season. Um, I'll leave it at that. Uh, Riverdale is back with season two, episode 18, a night to remember. I thought that that was a really good episode. I'm going to give that one a nine as it's gearing up for, um, well, they do a little thing called, uh, carry the musical. Oh, geez. And I'll just say that some of the, while some of the musical numbers are, uh, don't, don't necessarily do justice to vocals. Um, the, the, yeah, just everything around it is, is wonderful. I thought you didn't have the singing episode till like till season four. Okay. <laughs> All right, not anymore. Okay. Not anymore. Even even the Flash did it before season four. Yes. Um, as I said, the originals is uh, well on Wednesday nights is kind of off the table right now. Um, we have the Expanse, which we'll talk about later. We have the Americans, which we will talk about later. Really, no. We, yeah, I I, I, I kick her. I don't even watch it, and I look forward to his comments. <laughs> exactly. All right. So one thing that we also have is Krypton which is actually on my viewing list right now. We have season one, episode four, the word of Rao and episode five house of Zod. Um, so far this show is still kind of in the like, uh, a somewhat above average for me. I'm still struggling a bit with some of the, um, with, I like a lot of the world building, but I still have a problem with this being world building in the Superman universe. But you seem to be giving it some high marks here. Yeah, I'm wrong as a non-educated like viewer. No, because they really are break. I'm not saying that there's not some tips of the hat, but no, this is must. Most of this is virgin territory. They are building a new world to a large extent using a very crudely existing frame structure. So no, they're filling in a lot of details in very different ways, and I'm not. Um, I'm not dissatisfied with that. I enjoy this. Um, this. Um, this sort of dichotomy between um, what the government is portraying as black zero activity and versus this sort of underground cult that we're finding out was actually created to uh, fight against Brainiac. And um, we're getting all this sort of uh, this, these reveals and we're still not quite understanding what, why the uh, voice of Rao um, 
was uh, making the choices that they were making, who the voice of Rao was, if we'll ever find out at this point, given that he was got killed. <laughs> but, um, but more importantly, but still this whole sense of Black Zero, and we've always been fed the company line and now the government line, and now we're starting to first – there, I think there actually is a Black Zero, but at the same time, it's not who we think it is, or at least they're not as powerful as we think. It's really this sort of underground movement to prepare and defend the world against Brainiac coming. And um, we, I start to wonder now how much the grandfather was involved in that along the way, which we really haven't been revealed, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me. We still have the the uh, thread hanging over us of knowing in the comic books what happened to Kandor, that Brainiac mm. did indeed steal the whole city and shrink it into a bottle. And if we are going to see anything along those lines at any time soon, or what you will know, happen there, will uh, Seg move to have to move to a whole new city? What exactly is going to go on with that? So that's sort of the sort of Damocles hanging over this whole plot line. But that being said, um, uh, I agree that Seg is being the main character is probably one of the weaker characters in the whole series. Um, he is the plot device to keep everyone else in motion. And um, in that sense, I could see where people are saying that it's dull, it's failing because they're looking at Seg instead of everything else that's going on, which in a lot of ways is much more interesting. As I said, the voice of Rao, his, I guess he's still his father-in-law, um, you know, the wife's actions, his um, girlfriend's actions, taking control of the uh, the security arrangements in brutal fashion. Um, really, there's a lot happening, just not to say. <laughs> um, yeah. It's he's just it, kind of there to keep things moving. Yeah, that's, and I mean, that's sort of how they're writing this story at the moment. He is the uh, the wheel going down the hill, and we're, we're, but watch the people as the wheel goes by, because that's what, that, at least for me, that's where the story's been lately, watching them, and um, trying to see, th- trying to see and imagine where their storylines are going more so than Seg's at the moment. He's just sort of the revealer, like he's opening the door on all these things and we get to see it. So um, so I can't disagree with uh, with the criticisms because Seg being the main character should have more uh, more meat or you know more game in, in the storyline and he doesn't. So, um, but I'm enjoying what there is there and I'm enjoying it a lot. So that's why sort of my scores are up. But, you know, people who are giving it sevens, sixes, or, you know, even, you know, hard, harsher critiques, I can't say that they're not justified because this type of storytelling where the main character is not the main character uh, is uh, really not a format that we're used to, nor did they sort of give us that clue that that's how it was going to unveil. True. So, Maybe it'll swing another way, but they don't seem to be going that way. They're practicing. They're showing us the whole world more instead of him. And uh, at the moment, I like that. So I actually hope they keep it up. Um, I didn't. I never expected this to be a uh, super uh, Superman's grandfather story. And um, really, they haven't disappointed me. The show is appropriately named Krypton. It's not named Superman's grandfather. So um, I want them. <laughs> I want them to stay with Krypton. So I'll know. be happy with that. So. All right, we're, we also had Supernatural Season 13, Episode 18, Bring Them Back Alive, and 19, Funeralia. Um, it's coming in around the same place as Krypton, actually, these days. It's kind of uh, fighting against its lack of budget, and just um, it, here at the end of the season, it is kind of coming together, but I do feel like they are um, kind of casting about for some kind of sense of story. Uh, 13 seasons in, I'm not too surprised. Uh, we had Arrow, Season 6, Episode 18, Fundamentals, and Episode 19, The Dragon. Uh, I feel like uh, as we get closer to the end of the season, as much as we want Oliver to really just get the living crap beat out of him, um, I do feel like they are getting stronger with the storytelling because um, Diaz is, is actually a fairly interesting villain. I liked The Dragon and the look at his rise 
to power. Uh, I thought that that was actually a pretty good episode. Oh yeah, it was much better than some of the uh, other villains that we've uh, learned everything about. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, yeah they they feel like they got it right this time. They you know gave him a harsh life or something like that, but it it really felt well developed. Uh, on Friday nights, we would uh, normally talk about Angels of Shield, but again, we're going to go ahead and keep that on uh, on ice for right now until Edmund gets uh, his comments in. Uh, but so the world has not blown up yet, so we got yet. time. We got time. We got time. Not yet. Yes. There's another option though. But we'll talk mm-hmm. about that later. Correct. Sunday nights, we had the end of the eighth season of The Walking Dead, Wrath. Um, I gave it a 7.5. I don't know if you caught up with this particular episode. Yes, yes, actually, I did. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I caught up on it, and uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it, it kind of, um, oddly enough, kind of came to a number of conclusions. They tried to kind of force the story into the same ending as uh, All Out War was in the comics, um, didn't really work because, again, they really shoved this whole idea that Rick needed Carl, Carl's death to kind of give him um, a sense of mercy, and that really just wasn't necessary. It just was glaringly not necessary, um, which is unfortunate because, again, if they had stuck a little bit closer to the source material, maybe it would have uh, worked out better. Um, Eugene and his uh, kind of uh, turn towards redemption... Uh, was bungled as well, I felt like, because it would have worked so much better had it been revealed that he had always had that plan to kind of turn on the saviors. Or even if he, even if they had said, he, like when he was trying to fight to go back, even if he told them, I have to go back, to, I, you know, I, I have a plan, I'm, you know, I'm doing something, you know, I'm, I'm sabotaging and I have to go yeah. back, and they would have let him. Yeah. So. Um... Right now, uh, okay, there were also two episodes of Timeless, Season 2, Episode 5, The Kennedy Curse, and 6, The King of the Delta Blues. Uh, Gary, you keeping up on Timeless? I'm a little behind right now, sir, so uh, give me till the uh, next show and I'll burn through a few of them. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of leaving this one to you. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it started off the second season strong, and then it, I feel like it's kind of lost its momentum again. Which we kind of mm-hmm. talked about last time, we talked about Timeless, that it squandered a little bit of its good... Uh, good graces that it received from coming back from the dead. Yeah. I, 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 I'm curious how the writing's done. It almost feels like they pass it between different writers rather than work as a group. And mm-hmm. you get a few that are really good and then horribly yeah. bad. <laughs> so, uh, Supergirl, we have season three, episode 14 shot through the heart and then episode 15 in search of lost time. Uh, I, I think Supergirl is doing okay, but I, I've got to say that these two episodes if they beat you over the head more with some of their messaging, remember how like second season Supergirl had that problem too, where it was like political up to yeah. political identity politics thing that you could think of under the sun was shoved into every episode. This took an entire season's worth and shoved it into like that shot through the heart episode. There was literally one scene where every single character had to bring up some other like message. And it got really um, obnoxious. And I, I know that Supergirl ha- kind of wears that on their sleeve, but I felt like Shot Through the Heart would have been a great episode and would have even gotten even higher than an eight if it wasn't for that. Um, they've just got to learn how to, like, moderate it a little. Not, maybe not moderate it or, or, or take it away. Just, like, don't be so, like... It, it feels like bad product placement at this point. It, that's, like, the way that it comes across is that it's not even, like, elegant in the way that they're trying to do it. At least that's how I feel. Um, iZombie has Season 4, Episode 7, Don't Hate the Player, Hate the Brain, and Episode 8, Chivalry is Dead. 
Um, iZombie is continuing to kind of do pretty well this season. I still don't think it's quite as hilarious and uh, on point as it was in the third season. Um, I don't think that the blend of episodic and ongoing storylines are quite as strong. But I think that uh, it's doing pretty well. I think that it could do a lot better. Uh, Gary, did you happen to catch the end of Black Lightning for this season? No, sir, I have not. I stopped watching it about halfway through. It was getting a little too dark for me. I was just... Oh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, I think it ended pretty well. Um, I think that it still is a darker show. Um, I think that it kind of wears that as its identity. Um, I think that it has a lot of interesting things to say, but I do feel like the second half of the season lost a bit of what made the first half of the season work. Um, I think that it kind of got a little bit bogged down and maybe even too dark to your point. Mm. Um, finally, the one that I want to kind of like end this one on, um, cause I'll leave Legion to Edmund as well, um, is the flash season four, episode 18, lose yourself. And then episode 19 fury rogue. Um, the flash to me was really starting to kind of lose speed. shall we say, and then with lose yourself, in the follow-up, I think it really regained a lot of its, uh, a lot of its momentum. What do you think, Gary? Oh, um, oh yeah. I was, uh, I was, I was really upset after watching lose yourself. Um, uh, I never expected that to ever happen. I'm, I'm so sad, you know, as much as we had, um, how we do get replacement characters coming in, um, uh, in this show, I find it hard pressed to see how they're going to have somebody that replaces Ralph. Um, he f- really filled an interesting, um, an interesting point that he was not a yes man for um, Barry, that he uh, called him to task a, a bunch of times and often, sometimes thought he had the better way to do things than Barry. And I like that. Team Flash is very behind the Flash most of the time. And that's not always how a team should work, nor will a show be good if everyone's yesing the, the guy to death. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so I, I enjoyed Ralph's unique um, – brand of humor that he brought to the show in a way that Cisco's humor is uh, quite a different animal or um, so I was uh, geez I, I was real I didn't see it coming I guess I sh- could have in some way he's one of the people on the bus so it you know he definitely was on the hit list but uh, I just thought that the character had been working so well for so long that they uh, would have uh, wanted to keep him on permanently and um, I, I I will really miss Ralph I I enjoyed his um, his uh, everyday madness about him that he um, you know he, he was very much the person that you know, I could plant my feet into and look at the Flash universe and feel like my voice was being heard. So uh, I'm gonna miss him. I I enjoyed him a lot. Um, even um, Caitlin losing um, Killer Frost, uh, while that's you know disheartening, we didn't actually lose Caitlin the way we did Ralph. So uh, disappointing. Yeah, I mean, you had the end of Ralph there in the one episode, and then you had what I believe is the final appearance of Captain Cold, Citizen well, Cold, excuse me. They say that, but they said that a few episodes ago, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I think, though, that this is Wentworth Miller's last yeah. thing. It really felt like it, and I thought that that added a nice touch to it, that you had a character that started off as a villain on The Flash and has gone through so many permutations and uh, kind of gets to go out on a really high note and a heroic note, which I think mm. is a really interesting way for them to have gone. Um I enjoyed Wentworth Miller. Uh, quite frankly, I enjoyed him more than I did Ralph. Um, uh, Ralph. And you do a darn good accent version of him as well. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, but uh, it, it definitely uh, was nice to see him get a good send-off, and I thought that they did a nice job of uh, 
of kind of l- leading Barry through some of his grief, even if mm. it felt like maybe uh, <laughs> maybe it was a little disingenuous. But I think that, as you said, Barry still has a lot to learn, and uh, th- this is a nice uh, nice way for them to have walked him through some of that uh, in that particular episode. All right, well, uh, the only other show that really came out during the weeks that we're talking about here, which is kind of the middle of, of April, it was Westworld came back. But again, that is one that I am definitely going to wait on Edmund for as well. Uh, mainly because also uh, Westworld, um, you can watch it one or two times and you still probably don't know exactly what was going on. So, uh, or what time period you're in, or if anyone is real or not. Uh, but there we are. That's, that's well, Westworld for you. I will say it was. I felt they really kept the flavor of the first series, so uh, that, yes. that's nice. Sometimes when you jump jump to a second series, a season, especially on uh, HBO, uh, things can drastically shake up, and a flavor is lost or changed. And I felt we just uh, went step and step, so that was nice. Yeah, it really felt like they went right from one episode to the next, not not season to season. Yeah. All right, that's it for this week, uh, Gary. Any last thoughts? Uh, no, it's just uh, I obviously have a little TV viewing to do to catch up so I can be on target. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I'm still just trying to keep up with everything, on my, even on my reduced list. But we are going to go ahead and wrap up here. We will be back in a couple more weeks with, uh, well, probably a couple more movies to talk about and even more episodic discussion. So until then. And so ends another epic episode of The Critical Myth. If you want to leave a comment for this show, head over to vognetwork.com. Not only can you find links to the podcast version of each show, but there is a dedicated forum, a ton of written reviews, and related articles by the crew throughout the site. For the written reviews, you can even leave your own review. So let us know if you agree or not. You can also leave comments on our Facebook page, Critical Myth, on Twitter at Critical Myth, or Google Plus under The Critical Myth Show. Any and all use of copyrighted material is only intended for discussion, commentary, parody, or educational purposes, in accordance with U.S. Code Title 17, also known as Fair Use. In other words, please don't sue us. And of course, the statements and opinions of the Critical Myth crew are not necessarily those of the VOG network, its partners, or affiliates. But let's face it, we're probably right anyway. Until next time, watch, watch, read, read, and listen, and listen, and believe, and believe in the, criti- in the Critical Myth.